Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. You're listening to the third in our series called Whisper. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, and enjoy. A passage of scripture this morning. I want to share this passage of scripture. And this is this message, I think, is for anyone that feels tired. It's for anyone that feels worn out. Anyone that feels like, I need some hope this weekend. I want to share this passage. Matthew 11 verse 28 this is what it says it says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy come on somebody and my burden is light I want to call our message this morning the power of a pause the power of a pause. God, I pray this morning you speak to us. Amen. Amen. Can we just clap our hands for the worship team? You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. So excited. Anyone excited to be in church this weekend? Come on. So good. Hey, Church Online, we love you. So glad you could be here uh, as well. Um, so something really strange happened to me about three weeks ago, uh, something super strange. Uh, Christy and I, uh, this was a Sunday night about three weeks ago, uh, we were just downstairs in our basement and we were watching a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Uh, it's on Netflix and so if anyone wonders why uh, your world is so crazy, if anyone wonders why you have those friends on Facebook always posting the same conspiracy articles, uh, check out The Social Dilemma. Highly recommend it. We're watching this movie though and uh, I was drinking a peanut butter, banana, chocolate, almond milk smoothie, which I'm also highly recommending because it's very good. And so um, I was drinking this smoothie, and I guess kind of like when you drink a smoothie, I guess you're sort of chewing as well. Apparently, I don't know. Um, I'm drinking this smoothie, and uh, all of a sudden I hear this loud, loud noise as if I like chewed a piece of metal. And I look over at Christy, and I was like, Christy, did you hear that? And she was like, yeah. She's like, what happened? I was like, I think my tooth just broke in half. And so I went to the bathroom to check my tooth, and sure enough, my back molar literally split in half. And I was like, what is happening? And so my first thought was like, oh, my gosh, my wife put metal in my smoothie. And so Christy's kind of freaking out. She's like, she's like, did you, did you, she's like, did you swallow it? Did you swallow it? I was like, I haven't swallowed anything. And so we're looking in that cup frantically, and there's nothing hard in it. It's completely liquid. And so we're just confused. Like, what, what happened? And so next morning, I book an appointment at the dentist because I now have half a molar uh, in my back of my mouth. So I went to the dentist, and I explained to him what happened, and I was like, yeah, like I was drinking this smoothie, and it was the weirdest thing. My tooth just broke. And he's like, well, generally speaking, a tooth cannot break unless you absolutely, like, chew on something so, so hard. He's like, but, he's like, what probably happened was that your tooth was actually beginning to detach itself from the root, and so it was slowly dying. And uh, I was like, well, okay. And he's like, He's like, have you had pain in that tooth, like, recently? And I was like, well, randomly, I'll have some pain. Uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, that's your tooth uh, detaching itself from the root. And I was like, that's really weird. I was like, how does that happen? He's like, well, generally speaking, it happens if you grind your teeth at night. 
he's like, do you grind your teeth at night? And I was like, no, doc, I don't. In fact, and I had to flex on him, I was like, I'm married, and uh, I've been sleeping with this lady for four years, and she's never once told me that I grind my teeth. So sorry, dentist. <laughs> you must be mistaken. And so uh, he fixed my tooth, thankfully. Um, it still kind of hurts, so I'm going back next week. Uh, <laughs> but I went home. And uh, I said, Chris, I was like, Chris, you're not going to believe what the dentist said. The dentist thought that he grinds my, that I grind my teeth. Like, what an idiot. And she's like, well, she's like, you actually grind your teeth before you fall asleep every single night. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, so you're telling me that for the last four years, I've been grinding my teeth every single night and you've never said anything? And she's like, yeah, I usually f fall asleep and then I forget. I was like, you forgot. I was like, you just made me look like an idiot in front of the dentist. And so, um, have you guys ever realized that when you notice something, you can't stop noticing it? And so, uh, I've been a little more conscientious lately. And one thing I realized is like, and as far as grinding my teeth, that's when I sleep. So, there's no real evidence. Um, but one thing that I did notice, and the, the dentist said this as well, is that I actually clench my teeth like all day. Like as if I'm really angry like all day. Like, I just clench my teeth. And so it's funny because like before this moment, before my, thing, my tooth broke, like I never knew that I did these things. But after my tooth fell apart, I began to notice something. I began to notice that I grind my teeth and I began, and I, I began to notice that I clench my teeth. And I just think that my tooth is a great illustration for life. Because have you guys ever noticed in life that a lot of times it's not until something breaks, come on somebody, that we begin to notice there was cracks in our lives? Have you guys ever realized it's not until there's some kind of pain in our lives that we realize there was a deeper issue? <laughs> so now I'm really trying hard not to clench my teeth, but I've realized that once you've been doing something for a long time, it's kind of hard to break a habit. But I just began to wonder, what if in life, what if we could identify the issues in our lives before something actually broke, before we actually experienced the pain? And so if you guys have been with us, we're in a series at church called Whisper. And this is the third part in our series, and I think most likely the last part in our series, unless the Lord speaks this week. But what we're doing in this series is we are talking all about prayer. Well, one thing that I said in this series, I said more than a series, I said these weeks are just like one long sermon because we're just building and building and building. And the topic is the same every single week as prayer. And, and, and just by a show of hands online, you can let us know. Anyone heard any parts of this series at all? Can make some noise? Can I hear you this morning? So good. And it's, it's all online if you want to check it out. But we've talked about prayer, and last week we specifically talked about the power of presence. The power of presence. And what we said is that prayer is not so much, Envy, come preach with me. So cute. She doesn't want to preach. <laughs> power of presence. And we said that the, the, the way in which many of us pray is that we're looking for God for things. Like, God, give, God, give, God, give me something. But what we said is that what if the most powerful part of prayer was not what God gives us, but it was the presence that actually came with God. 
And so one thing that I said towards the end of the sermon, I said, one of the ways in which we will experience the presence of God is if we actually begin to slow down. Anyone remember that? And, and, and as I said this thing, it wasn't really the main part of the sermon, but I talked about slowing down. And, and just afterwards, I had so many people coming up to me and saying, that spoke to me. Like, that really spoke to me because I'm just go, 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 and I never actually slow down. And, and, and I just felt after that, that moment, and I felt this whole week that God was saying, we actually have to slow down. And, and he actually said, I want you to go deeper into that idea of slowing down. Because I believe this to be true. We live in a culture and we live in a society that says, go, 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 go. And even more than that, we live in a culture and we live in a society that it celebrates us. We are celebrated if we're busy. When we tell people, I don't have any time, it's like, what a life. This person must be important. And so not only is our lives busy, we live in a culture, we live in a society that celebrates busy. And so I just felt the Lord say this week, we need to slow down and we need to take a moment this week to talk about the power of a pause. The power of a pause. Because I think what happens for so many of us is we begin to move at such a pace and it's just go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden we hit this wall. Anyone ever been there before? And it's like, man, I'm burnt out. Man, I'm tired. I'm, I'm exhausted. And I think of my tooth because what happens so many times is that it's not until something breaks. It's not until something cracks. Like rest in peace, second to back molar. It's not until we lose something that we actually begin to evaluate. But what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to people in this room, people online that you feel tired. You feel like you don't have enough time. You feel like it's go, 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 and you're about to fall off the cliff. You see, I think as, as a society, as a people, we have bought the lie that says more is better. Busy is best. And I believe that's a lie. And I believe what God wants for us to do this morning is God wants us to slow down. When it comes to the context of prayer, unless we begin to slow down, we will never begin to hear the voice of God. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about how we slow down. How can I slow down? How can I actually pause? Because I heard someone say this, and I believe it's true. If we don't learn to slow down, life will slow you down. If I don't learn to pause, life will make me pause. Because here's the reality. When, when a relationship ends, life pauses. When, when our health deteriorates, life pauses. When we get to a point and we realize I don't have any meaningful relationships in my life, that should cause us to, to pause. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about slowing down. Because I know there are people in this room, it's like, Pastor, I can't slow down. I'm trying my best, but I just don't know how. I can't do it. I don't have the strength. But guess what? I think that's actually the best place to be. Because we have a key thought for this series, and we said this. We said, prayer is the difference between the best I can do. Come on, somebody. When I say that, you got to get loud. And the best God can do. And so when you're at a point, it's like, I don't know if I can do this. What if that was the point you needed to get at? That's the place you needed to be for God to come through. And I just believe that with the power of a pause, 
our lives can begin to completely change. And this message this morning, I don't think it's just going to improve our prayer lives. I think it's going to improve every aspect of our lives, relationally, work-wise, friendships, every aspect of our lives. So what I want to do is I want to lean into the greatest teacher that there ever was. And I want to look at the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 11. And I think this is one of the greatest promises in all of scripture. This is Jesus speaking and he says, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Is there anyone in this room that needs that promise this morning? Come to me and I will give you rest. Listen to this. If you're taking notes, write this one down. With Jesus, rest is a guarantee. Rest is a guarantee. Jesus says, bring your burdens. He says, bring your fears. Bring your weights. Bring whatever it is that is weighing you down and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Now, in this promise, I want to take us below the surface because I think when we fully understand the words of Jesus, we will be even blessed more so. So for a second, I'm going to lean into the greatest teacher and I'm going to teach. Can I teach you guys for a second? I need your permission and I need to hear you. Can I teach you guys some things for a second? Come on. So we're going to go below the surface because there's something deep I need us to see. So Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest. Now, when Jesus talks about rest in Matthew 11, in Matthew 12, it gives us a context that Jesus is talking about something deeper. And what he's talking about is this Old Testament idea of a Sabbath. Now, if you guys have ever, and, and if you guys were with us a couple months ago, we did a whole series in Genesis. Now, I'm going to go back there for a second because I want us to see something. So what happens in, in, in Genesis chapter 1, known as the creation arc, God creates the whole world. And so the Bible says he created the world in six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Now, the Bible tells us that God created the world ex nihilo, is the technical term, which literally means out of nothing. In other words, God spoke it into existence, and it was. This is important to understand because when we know that God created the whole world, God rested not because he was tired, because he was done. It wasn't like, man, gravity really wiped me today. I need a rest. No, God spoke it into existence. This is important because God himself did not need rest. He rested because he was completed. But he also rested because he was setting up a rhythm for humanity. Now, when a lot of people look at the creation arc, they see, okay, six days work, seventh day is rest. So it must be work, 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 rest. That's how I live my life, right? Work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest. I need, a, I need a seventh day to rest. But I want us to show us something very interesting in the creation arc. So we got to go back a little bit. This is what it says in Genesis 1:27. I told you I'm teaching. It says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful. What does that mean? Have sex. And increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish, so on and so forth. So in creation, God creates humans. But he says something very important. God gives them work. Sex was not the work part. That's the fun part. Hopefully. If it's not in your marriage, let's talk afterwards. Um, so God creates humans and God creates them intrinsically with work. He says rule over, subdue all of these things. So we need to understand this. As people, 
Because when I talk about working busy, some of y'all are saying, is he saying I don't need to do anything? Absolutely not. To work is in our DNA. It's created into us. But here's the thing I want us to notice. God creates humans. It says in verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. The sixth day. Humans were created the sixth day. Why am I telling you this? Because for so many people, they look at the creation arc and it seems like rest is at the end. It's the seventh. But when we look at humanity, Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. You know what that means? It means their first day on earth was a day of rest. It was rest. What that means, now I believe this is intentional that God does this on purpose because it's the same thing for Adam and Eve. They're not resting because they're tired. They haven't done anything. It's a gift, but more so God is setting up a rhythm. And I believe he's setting up a rhythm that many of us do not take seriously. But what he's saying, he's saying to pause, to slow down is of first and utmost importance. For so many people, we look at it wrong and we say it's last. So here's the point I want to make. We need to make pausing a priority. We need to make pausing a priority. Uh, there's too many people in this place, too many people online, too many people in St. Albert where rest is the last thing that they'll do. It's the last thing. I wonder how many of us have heard this, how many of us are saying this, where it's like, man, I'm just living for the weekend. I just can't wait for the weekend. I just can't wait for my vacation. I just can't wait for January. Then I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> it's faithful to believe that. Hopefully the borders open up. But I think for so many of us, we live with that mindset. Right, where it's like, I just, I just need a vacation. I just need a day off. I just need a day of rest. But the reality is what God is trying to show us in the very fabric of how we were created is that pausing needs to be a priority. We need to make it a priority. This, this is work. This is school. It's the same thing for a lot of us. You know this to be true. You're just as busy when you're not working. You're not at school. You're scrolling all day, checking emails all day. I'm on Facebook all day. I'm watching Netflix all day. And so it's busy, 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 busy. So the question I want to ask is how do I pause? How do I make pausing a priority? Now, the simplest and lowest hanging fruit is to follow the pattern of creation and say you need a day off. You need a 24-hour period off. For Christy and I, our day off is Sunday. We don't do anything. I say, Christy, don't make any plans. Don't text no one. I'm just hanging out. It's our day off. And so I think it's really good to have a day off, a 24-hour period where you don't work. But what I want to show us, because I told you I'm going deeper, is that I don't think that's enough. It's not enough. Because how many of you guys have ever had a day off and then you're exhausted the next day? How many of you guys have ever gone on vacation and then when you got home from your vacation, it's like, I need a vacation from my vacation. Anyone been there? It's like, I'm just so tired. Do you want to know why? And this is the beauty of Jesus and the new, Jesus and the new covenant. So I'm going to get to it in a second. The reality is this. If you live terribly for six days, one day is not going to change that. 
One day is not going to refresh you. It's the same thing with a vacation. If you are living terribly for 50 weeks, like I work so hard, I work 80 hours for 50 weeks, one week will not reset that. It won't. And so this idea of the Sabbath in the Old Testament, it's not enough. And that's where Jesus comes in, and that's where Jesus is alluding to. He's saying, guess what? I have something better. I have something better than a day. Hebrews chapter 4 puts it like this. Speaking about the Sabbath, he says God's rest was there for the people and those who first heard it, but they never entered into it. So he's saying they had a day of rest, but it wasn't enough. They, They still never entered into rest because rest is more than a day. It's more than a period of time. Is everyone following And so when Jesus comes in, Jesus says, I'm going to shed this in new light. That's why he says, come to me, all who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. He's saying a day is not enough, a time isn't enough, a vacation isn't enough, a weekend isn't enough. I will give you rest. Come on, somebody. We should be clapping our hands. Listen to this. Rest is not found in anything other than a person, and that person is Jesus. That's the answer. It's found in a relationship with Jesus. He says, I will give you rest. And so it's like, Harrison, I love that promise, but what does that look like practically speaking? How do I make that a reality? This is what he says. Thankfully, I'm thankful for Jesus because when he teaches, he doesn't leave any cliffhangers. He says, I will give you rest. How? Verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me now you need to understand what a yoke is because you guys are like what does eggs have to do with this that's not what he's talking about yoke in this time was a way um, to speak about obligations so you had an obligation to work that's a yoke you have an obligation to be a parent that's that's a yoke you have an obligation to the law that was a yoke but what jesus is saying jesus is saying i have a new way I haven't, because have you guys ever, like, tried to, like, rearrange your life from, like, a self-help book before? Or, like, I saw a great post on Pinterest, and, like, I'm trying to, like, really schedule my life around that, the five-hour work week, whatever it is. Jesus is saying, I know you guys have heard some ways for how you think you should live, but he's like, hey, hey, why don't you follow my way? Why don't you follow my pattern? Take my yoke and learn from me. So how do I make pausing a priority? I begin to follow the pattern of Jesus. I begin to follow the pattern of Jesus. Now, I want to say something, and this is not meant to hurt anyone's feelings. It's just meant for us to look inward. If we feel burnt out, if we feel constantly exhausted, if we feel like I don't have enough time, there isn't enough seconds in my week, I'm so heavy, what that means is that we have ordered our lives incorrectly. Are you guys following? It means I've ordered my life incorrectly. It means in a larger sense, I'm not actually following the pattern of Jesus. Because with Jesus, what did we say? We said rest is guaranteed. So we need to (coughs) follow the pattern of Jesus. What's the pattern of Jesus? Thankfully, in his life, he showed us. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed, where he prayed. This was one of the rhythms of Jesus. It says he woke up early and he went to a solitary place and he prayed. Now, now maybe this is deep or maybe it's really surface, but either way, it's really important for your life. 
If Jesus needed to begin his day with prayer, if Jesus needed to begin his, his day in solitude, I would wager to guess we probably do as well. We probably do as well. We need to follow the pattern of Jesus. Because there is absolutely nothing more refreshing for our souls than to connect with God daily. So listen, write this one down. Pausing is a daily rhythm. Pausing is a daily rhythm. It's not a weekly thing. It's not something I do once a week. I pause. I pray. I reflect each and every day. It says, well, it was still dark. Jesus got up. Now, I know for a lot of people, you're watching, you're listening, and it's like, man, Harrison, you don't know my day. Like, you don't know what my day looks like. I have an 8 a.m. class online. Like, you don't know how busy I am. You don't know what it's like with kids. You don't know what it's like with twins, like my schedule. How, how do I make pausing a priority? How do I do this? How do I make it a daily rhythm? I think it's really simple. But a lot of times it can be harder to put into practice. But I think all we have to do is make pausing and prayer non-negotiable. We need to make it a non-negotiable. In other words, we need to schedule it. I have a saying, and I probably took it from someone, but I say, if it's not scheduled, it's not secured. And so what that means, if it's not part of my rhythm, I'll, I'll easily push it aside. Listen, I've never heard anyone with a real job say, you know what, I had an important business meeting, but I just didn't feel like it today. I've never heard anyone ever say, I had a final exam today, but I was kind of tired, so I just skipped it. I've never heard that. You want to know why? It's because in life, we will always make sacrifices for that which we deem important. We will always sacrifice for that which we deem important. Listen, can I tell you something? The fastest way to never slow down is to make slowing down an option. If I have that option where it's like I'm, I'm going to pause, if I, I, I have that option where like I think I'm going to pray today, as soon as I make it an option, I've already lost can I tell you something? I used to, um, before uh, we had kids and before my body began to tear apart, um, I used to work out a lot. And I used to go to the gym. And uh, I used to go uh, pretty much the same time every single day. Uh, I'd either go like at 4.30 um, or 7.30 in the morning, depending how the day went. Um, but I went pretty consistently, like five days a week. Yes, I'm flexing on you guys. Um, but what happened uh, after the baby's uh, were born, which is like now 11 months ago. Uh, I've gone to the gym about four times in 11 months. And uh, super tragic. Uh, but what's funny, though, is that um, I've never in my, my head made the decision that I'm going to stop working out. In fact, I'm just to be honest. I wake up pretty much every single day with the belief I'm going to the gym. It just doesn't happen. And so Christy says to me every once in a while, she says, cancel your membership. I say, stop it, Satan. I'm not going to cancel it. I'm going tomorrow. But it's funny because what I've realized is like before, like going to the gym was something in my schedule. And when it was in my schedule, it was secured. But the way I'm living now, I've made it an option. And I realize as soon as it's an option, I just don't do it. Can I tell you that prayer, can I tell you time with God, can I tell you church, the moment we make it an option, it's easier not to come. 
It's easier not to do it. Uh, Jesus says it like this. Jesus says the body is, he says the, 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 the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know what that means? It means I have great intentions. Like this, <laughs> this is going to be the best year of my life, 2020. Come on, somebody. We have great intentions. Like I want to, I want to, I want to, but the flesh is weak. And so what we have to do is we have to make it a daily rhythm. We have to make it a non-negotiable. Because, listen, we will always sacrifice for what we deem most important. I love college students. Anyone in school here, you don't have to raise your hand. Because I talk to them a lot of times, and it's like, you know what, Pastor? Like, I'm really going to get involved. Like, I'm really going to come to church. I'm really going to take my walk with God to the next level when I graduate. You know what I say to that? I say, no, you won't. Because what you're about to do is, is for four years, you're going to put patterns and rhythms in place, and in many times, unhealthy rhythms. And so when you graduate, nothing's going to change. It's the same thing. I love when people are like, man, it's my busy season right now. When my busy season ends, no, 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 no. If you have no patterns in place, the pattern will continue whether you're busy or not as busy. And so we need to make it a priority. And it's like, Harrison, man, I, I, I need this. Like the reason I'm working so hard, the reason I never see my kids is to provide for my kids. Like they need a playroom in their house. They need a new car. I want to pay for their college tuition. This is why I have to do all of these things. But listen, church, what, what if your family, what if more than a financial leader, they wanted a spiritual leader? What if more than a new car, they just wanted you? They just wanted time. One of the rites of passage when you get married is you begin to watch HGTV. Um, and one show that Christy and I like is called The Property Brothers. Anyone seen them before? Jonathan and Drew, love those guys. Come renovate my house. Um, and we watch a show. It's called Forever Home. And uh, in this house, it was really cool, I guess. Um, they had a $175,000 renovation budget, which, like, we love because the bigger the budget, the better the house, Right? And so we're watching this show, and they're renovating at the point of the show. It's called Forever Home, meaning they're renovating the home so they can live there forever. Pretty simple. And so as we were watching the, the, this, uh, this episode, one thing really began to tick me off. It was a family of three, so it was a husband and a wife and a three-year-old daughter. And the whole time, the mother just kept getting emotional. And she kept just saying, you know, like, the reason we're doing this is for our daughter. This is all for her. That's why we're doing this. And I turned to Christy and I shouted at the TV and I said, your daughter doesn't care about an open concept. She doesn't even know what that means. She's like, I'm tearing down this wall for her. She doesn't care. Now listen, I'm not telling you guys how to spend your money. I'm talking about priorities. Because for so many of us, we make the most important things in our lives things that aren't actually that important. And so we'll slave away at things because I think I need this. I think I need more. I think I need more. A, a lot of times you don't need more. I'm speaking to families for a second. Your kids want you more than they want things. That's it. One thing in my life, because like my work is connected to the church, and so it's very easy to, to create unhealthy boundaries because it's like I'm doing the Lord's work. Right? I'm a servant of the Lord. 
But, but one thing I, I've tried to resolve in my, in my heart, and I'm not always perfect, but I want to be at home to put my girls to sleep when they go to bed. And it's really easy because, like, I need to meet people, you know, at nighttime, and i got to share the gospel, all that, that stuff. But I've resolved that I want to put the girls to sleep. And so a lot of you guys, like, they're 11 months. They have no idea if you're there or not. Uh, it's true. <laughs> but I know when they're 11, if I haven't put patterns in now, it's going to be a lot harder then. And so one, one, one thing that, that someone said, and I love it, he said, hey, you know what my, my motto in life is? He said, I want to be a hero at home. Because for so many of us, like, I want to be a hero at work. Like, I want my, my coworkers to love me. I want, I want people that don't even care about me. I want my Instagram to be lit. Listen, I want to be a hero at home. Because if you guys all love me, but my family doesn't respect me, I've lost everything. All, all that really matters. And so it's the same thing. We have to make priorities. And I want to show you some. Jesus goes and prays, verse 36, Mark chapter 1. i got to rush because I'm going over time, but i got to preach here. It says, Simon and his companions went to look for Jesus because he was praying. This is Peter. They found him. He said, everyone is looking for you. Peter is cheesed that Jesus is praying in solitude. Do you know why? Because Jesus has things to do. Jesus, you got to heal people, you got to do miracles, you got to minister, you got to do all of these things. Where have you been? But Jesus has said, guess what? My time with God is what's most important. Can, can I tell you something? In life, your no's need to be more powerful than your yeses. Because we live in a, a world, it's like I have to say yes, 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 yes. The most powerful thing you can do in life is say no. And it's saying no here so I can have a greater yes over there which is the things that actually matter. And so Jesus said no to Peter when Peter was up in his grill because Jesus knew what was most important. He said, if I didn't connect to my father, I can't do anything else. Listen, I, I want to order this really quickly before we close, just to help you guys out. If you want to know how do I order my life, it's so simple. God, number one. Family, number two. Church, number three. School slash work, number four. And you can fill in whatever else you need to fill in for your life. But, but this is what's most important, God number one. Because if God's not number one in my life, everything else will suffer. So I need to make him a priority. And the beauty of God, when we do these things, when we, make, when we do these daily rhythms, you will actually find you have more energy in the day. You can get more done in a shorter amount of time. God will actually help you to prioritize things. Now, some of you guys are like, wait, wait, hold on, you said church above work. What do you mean, pastor? I mean this. I mean, I believe that church is the hope of the world. I believe that lost people are saved in church, and I believe when we serve, God uses us for what we were created to be. Come on, somebody. Because for a lot of people, it's like church is just something that I do. No, 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 no. This is a mission. We're on a, a rescue mission to save lost people. That's why it's important. Four things. But it's like, it's like Harrison, if, if I reorder these things, what if people get ahead of me? What if someone in work gets a promotion because they've been working harder than me? Well, if you've been with your family, who cares? Look at what Psalms 37 says. He says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. I love this part. He says, do not fret when people succeed in their ways. He says, who cares? Because you've actually made time for what's important. Because we're ordering our lives properly. Listen, this message, and I hope, I hope it's speaking to us. 
But I want us to lean into the promise and the guarantee of Jesus that rest is for us. Look at it again. He says, take my yoke upon me, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Come on, church, let's stand up for a second. I believe the cry of our hearts is to have rest for our souls. The cry of our hearts is to live a life of purpose, to live a life where we can be heroes where we need to be, that our family loves us. It's a priority thing, and I want us to lean into this promise of Jesus. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if there is someone in this room, and, and it's like, man, I need Jesus. I, I need that rest. I, I, need, I need him. Because I don't feel that right now. If that's you right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand. And what you're saying is, Jesus, I need rest. Jesus, I, I need restoration. Because I, I want to pray for anyone in this room. I want to pray that God puts something in our hearts right now. So if that's you, if you want God to turn things around, let's just raise our hands right now in this moment. God, I pray in this moment for any person that needs you. I pray for any person that needs rest for their souls. God, I pray that in this place, in this moment, and in you, they find it in nothing else but in you, God. Speak to us. Reorder us. We love you, Jesus. The whole church shouted real loud, amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for the Lord. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca, fill out a connect card. We would love to get in touch with you. Until next time, take care.